Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're going to be continuing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, broadcast number 5. If you've missed any of these, you can catch them all via the podcast, Striving for Revival. Wherever podcasts are found, it's free for you. Hit subscribe, and you'll have instant access to all of the Bible studies that we have done. Well, I hope you're having a great day today. Hope you feel blessed beyond measure, because all of us are. And you say, well, I don't have as much as so-and-so. Yeah, but you and I both have more than we deserve, and God has been better than good to you and I. We don't deserve a thing, but God's so good to us, and we had to rejoice in that. We had to praise His name for that, and don't let a day go by that you don't express some gratitude to your God for displaying His goodness and grace in your life. Now, I've enjoyed this chapter, and it's a chapter that deals with a topic that really nobody likes to listen to, and probably very few preachers enjoy preaching on. But it's the subject or topic of giving. Now, if you want to be blessed, you're going to have to learn to give. But not just give, but the motivator or the attitude in which you give. God loves a cheerful giver, the Bible says. Jesus is our example. The greatest giver and the greatest gift. Grace is the reason we have salvation. Grace ought to enable you and I to be like our Lord and apt to give. Not giving out of the overflow even, but giving out of the necessity, out of the lack, not just the surplus. And we ought to be wanting to help other people. It's amazing what should happen to a person after salvation. They ought to change from being self-centered to Christ-centered. And when that takes place led by the Holy Spirit, the concern is not for me, and the concern is not for mine, and the concern is not I. But now I want to be a help and a benefit to others because I want to please the Lord. And Paul is in the process of collecting an offering to be a help to the churches of Judea. The church in Jerusalem, of course, there in Acts chapter 2, is a large church, a thriving church. But Those people, early on, with such zeal, had all things common. Many of them sold their land, their homes, brought their money, and gave it to the apostles. Why? So the work of God could go forward. That happened. Then, persecution. Religious and government persecution. Persecution caused a scattering of some of those believers. So the church experienced a dwindling membership. So the finances... We're not as strong, but the need was just as great. Then a famine came to that area, Acts 8. And because of a famine, you better believe it, there is financial difficulty. And due to this, Paul is now challenging, not commanding, because he wants it to be a free will offering so that they can be blessed. If it's a commandment, there's no pleasure in it. He said, I want you to want to do, do this for them. 
He is suggesting that the churches in the region of Macedonia collect funds to send as a love offering to help the churches of Judea. Now, the churches of Macedonia would include, of course, Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea, and Corinth is there as well. These other churches, excluding the church at Corinth, had given, apparently, in this offering. Titus had gone around, and Titus had collected the money. Titus had seen to the need and reported back to Paul. Most, the majority of those churches were on board, and they gave. They were not rich themselves, but they wanted to be a blessing. Out of their poverty, they still pulled funds together, and they gave. The Bible said, though they were afflicted, they had joy. And the reason they had joy is because they were givers. Jesus had joy seeing Calvary because in Calvary he saw the opportunity to give to you and I, and he did. So these churches are being blessed. Now, the church in Corinth is dragging their feet. They had pledged with their lips they were going to give, but they had not followed that up with giving. So they had not put their money where their mouth had been. Their heart wasn't in it. I don't know if it's because they were experiencing their own personal drama and trouble. I don't know if it's because the excuse that is evident in the text is they said, well, we don't have a whole lot to give anyhow. We're not that rich. We're not that blessed. And so they were a little bit stingy. Nonetheless, Paul is challenging them now to give in this offering. Let me stop and say it is a Bible principle, a Bible practice for those who are not suffering to help those who are that those who have to give, give to those who have not. And it's important that we do that. When there's a need that arises, we are brethren. We are sister churches. We're not uh, separate little entities. I mean, on team, uh, team whatever our church name is against team whatever that church name is. But these churches pulling in the same direction of like faith. When there's a need, we got to pray about meeting the need. These missionaries on foreign fields, the same. These evangelists that travel, these families that get into hard times. And by the way, as a pastor, if you're not presenting these opportunities to your people, you're robbing them of the blessing of God. Now, the churches of Macedonia had given to this cause, and they gave hurriedly because first they'd given themselves to God. They had sacrificed their self-will, their own agenda, to the Lord. And they said, you know what? We love God. We give ourselves to God, and with us comes everything else that we have. And so it wasn't hard for them to give. They wanted to give. And you and I, if we're right with God, we won't be upset with giving or even upset with having the need presented to us that maybe we could give too. But we'll be apt to give, wanting to give, ready to give, because our Savior was a giver. And the example is even given in verse 9 that Christ was rich, became poor for us so that we might become rich. Christ had everything and then some. Our mind can't comprehend the riches of Christ. And yet Christ willingly laid his riches aside so that you and I could be saved by his grace. Thank God through faith in him. Thank God for that truth. He was a giver. And so Paul's saying, I wish you in Corinth would give. Now, it's not a commandment, but it's a suggestion. It's a, it's a challenge. I'm charging you. Uh, would you consider it? In verse 13, here's what he says, a new verse for us. For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened. He said, I'm not trying to make it hard on you and easy on them. I'm not trying to make you do something that I wouldn't expect them to do. But by an equality, or we could even use the word equity, a fairness. He said just equal opportunity here, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. He's saying now you have abundance and they're lacking. 
and I'm asking you to give, but not to put undue burden on you. But knowing this, there will be a time and there will be a day and there will be a moment when you have that table turned and you're going to be the one who has a need. You're going to be the one who's in the lack. You're going to be the one who can't make the payment. You're going to be the one who has the tragedy or the trial. And when that time comes, you're going to hope, pray, and wish that they will help you. And so I'm asking you to consider this thing. Christ gave, so you ought to give. Your sister churches in Macedonia gave, so you ought to give. You have more than they have. You ought to give. One day you are going to have a need, and you're going to want them to give. So he said, I'm praying that you'll do this. Verse 15, he goes to an Old Testament example. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. What he's referring to is the manna that fell from heaven in the wilderness for the Israelites as they wandered. Now, that manna did not come from McDonald's. That manna did not come from Subway or Burger King. That manna dropped into their hand from heaven itself. And the principle, the point that Paul is making is that God gave that manna. And not only did God give that manna, but God gave enough so that everyone had manna and then manna to spare. God gave more abundantly than was needed. Corinthians, on the same note, don't you know that God is still the giver? The food on your table, the shoes on your feet, the clothes on your back, the money in your purse, the roof over your head, the family you enjoy, all of that came from God. And God is still the God who doesn't just give, but gives over and above what is needed. And he's saying, if you will give, you will not outgive God. And Christian friend, listening to me today, our time is gone. But let me leave you with that. You never outgive God. Until next time, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.